What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance YouTube channel. In today's video, we're going to be going over the M1 Finance portfolio again. So we're going to do our weekly review. Uh, and then I'm also going to discuss a lot of the happenings in the market. We're seeing a lot of red in the market. Um, so I'm going to be here to talk you off the ledge and tell you don't sell. Uh, hold tight. Stay the course. So as always, let's roll the intro and I'll see you on the other end. Now, before we get started today, I just want to give a huge shout out to our private members, Scott, Clark, Stanley, and Bob. Thank you guys so much for supporting the channel, becoming private members. Also, uh, if you guys are interested in becoming private members, check out the link down in the description below so you can see the different membership packages and what they offer. All right, so the M1 Finance Portfolio, this uh, is something that I created for beginner investors. I wanted to start something from $0, so about a month ago now, I started this at $0, and I've been putting in $25 every single week on Monday, no matter what, green, red, blue, I don't care what color the stock market is, I put in $25, and then I talk about the portfolio, and I also talk about some of the happenings and some market news for that week, so every Friday, I do plan on doing these sort of update videos, as well as uh, really talking about everything and anything that I want to talk about, so Let's uh, jump into, first of all, the performance of the portfolio so far. We do have one month finally. Uh, today's the one month period since I've had the portfolio. You can see here the value is at $177.07. Um, these are the three holdings that we have if you're not familiar with. This is the Mucky 3 strategy, something I just made up and created. But essentially what it is, it's a 60-20-20 type of strategy. You own 60% in total U.S. stock market, you own 20% in total international market, and you own 20% in small cap value on the U.S. side. So far for the year, we're down 5.31% in the total market, uh, we're down 3.38% in the international market, and we're actually up I was going to say down because of all the red, but we're up. Uh, we're up in the small cap value 1.04%. Uh, the basic, uh, in a short nutshell, the basic idea of this portfolio is to create three different asset classes that are completely uncorrelated and behave differently. So the total U.S. stock market acts differently than usually the total international and also differently than the U.S. small cap value. So, you know, on some days where you have a red day in the market, maybe these two are down, but this one's up or vice versa, whatever the case may be but what it gives you is these two funds right here give you the broad global diversification you own the entire world yes you are the owner of the world you're the ruler of the world when you own these two funds um, and i think they're great core holdings uh, large cap blends for both of them uh, if you just wanted to stop at these two perfectly fine the reason i have the small cap value is it, it takes on a little bit more risk not much but it takes on a little bit more risk uh, but really the expected return is a lot higher at least it has been historically for small cap value so i know the whole talk now is about large cap growth and tech and you guys see what happens i kept warning you about large cap growth that it's not what you think it is um and, and small cap value really to me is, is is the overall package if you wanted aggressive growth i know when you think of growth you don't want to think of value and you definitely don't want to think of small caps you think growth comes from your large caps like tesla apple microsoft uh, but really this is where tesla's 
Apples and Microsofts are born. They're born here in the small cap value, and then they migrate over into uh, into the large cap. So that's where, really where you get the growth. Um, so that's the portfolio in a nutshell. Let's take a look at performance for the week just to kind of gauge the feel or the pulse of the market. Again, all red. Uh, got a little bit of a discount here. VTI keeps uh, keeps sliding. S&P 500 has been sliding for the past week. Uh, 2.69% for the week, uh, 1.64 and 0.4. 49%. So again, same order uh, as far as the losses. I'm not too worried about this and neither should you guys be. Uh, if you have a strategy, whatever strategy you have, whether it's this or just the total stock market, whatever your strategy is, don't worry about the uh, day-to-day happenings of the stock market. I know it's exciting to talk about sometimes when there's big green days or some crazy fund is outperforming and you know everybody wants to talk about it uh, but that you know you should treat that like noise that's all it is people talking uh, that means nothing uh, 30 years from now you're not even going to remember this you're probably not even going to remember watching this video so hopefully that gives you a little bit of a perspective of what kind of investor I am really set in for the long term my time horizon is 30 plus years in some of these portfolios uh, I'm holding forever till till my last breath I plan on holding so um, you know whatever happens today or tomorrow, I really don't care. So really, I want to spend some time talking about uh, the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, and um, sort of his comments today and what why it has caused a sell-off in the, in the, in the stock market. So Jerome Powell came in and said he believes that uh, inflation will rise and he thinks, you know, it's going to be temporary and everything will go back to uh, being fine and dandy and he'll just get his money printer out and we'll just print some more money and the equities will keep going up well unfortunately it doesn't really work that way so what's what's happening is bond yields are starting to creep up especially long-term treasury bond yields when investors have fear or they're, or they're afraid of equities um, and bond yields start to rise people will jump to the bond yields because if because interest rates have been suppressed to zero basically for a very long time people like to run to what's safe when they start seeing a crashing market. And that's how kind of these bear markets get accelerated. People see the price of equity go down. So what do they do? Well, they see, oh, bonds are paying two and a half percent. I'm going to jump into bonds. Well, one thing to note, uh, if you, first of all, that to me is market timing, but if you're considering bonds or if you have bonds in your portfolio, you probably already know this, but as yields on bonds start to rise, the price of bonds starts to fall. So typically bond prices are pretty steady um, you're not going to see like 20 30 40 percent dips in a bond price so if you bought a bond at 80 dollars it's going to trade around you know 75 to 85 dollars give or take within that range you're not going to see bonds go to 200 and then go back down to 50 they're not volatile like that they tend to be more of a steadier investment they're classified as income funds, so they, their sole purpose is just to distribute income. So again, for newer investors, you probably don't even have to worry about this. You should have no business holding bonds, in my opinion. But you know, if there is uh, people that follow my channel and that are in bonds, and maybe bonds fit uh, whatever stage of life they're in, and I'm not against bonds. I, I plan on holding bonds eventually when the time comes, when I'm in the right stage of my life. But you know, right now, as I build wealth and as I'm accumulating and growing my investment accounts, uh, bonds would just really slow down that growth or limit my volatility. But again, I have such a huge time horizon. I'm not worried about short-term volatility. Anyways, the point I was trying to get to here is there was a period in time that this actually happened. So 
This was in 2018. Um, people freaked out in 2018. Towards the end of 2018, there was a big tech sell-off. Here it is right here. So the S&P fell all the way down to $2,485 here by the end of December of 2018. And then it quickly recovered and all that, all that fear and all that tech sell-off was forgotten. And then we went on another big bull run before uh, our March 2020 crash. So what Paul, I think, is saying is this is this time, what we're going through right now is very similar to 2018. There was a big tech sell-off in 2000 at the end of 2018, and everybody jumped towards bonds. And as quickly as that came, uh, that went away, and then inflation started to drop again. The interest rates were low again, and equities were performing Everything was fine and dandy. Well, yes, I mean, that could possibly be, be happening right now. We don't know that. But I don't make predictions on what can happen in the future because my guess is just as good as your guess. But some of the things I do look at uh, when, when trying to make educated guesses in the future, as, as I've told you in previous videos, I look at price to earnings a lot when it comes to the S&P 500, and I try to see what multiple it's trading at. So the average uh, price to earnings uh Multiple for the S&P 500 generally, uh, this is the mean average over, you know, the 50, 60 years that the S&P 500 has been around is about 14 or 15. So currently we're at 21. So we're not at evaluations where things are so overpriced or overvalued that it's ridiculous. Like it was in the tech bubble and some of the other previous crashes were trading at, you know, 56 uh, price to earning multiple. So we're still uh, we're still all right. But there is some concerns that I have with large cap growth and technology funds. So I don't mean to keep picking on ARK Invest. I know I put out a video that basically was mocking ARK Invest and saying it's not a good investment. And I, I, again, if you guys are invested in this, I'm not picking on you directly. Uh, I'm just trying to show you a different story because when everything is going good, when everything's green, uh, people tend to ignore a lot of the warning signs. So this is ARK Invest. And if you want to take a look at the price to earnings ratio here, they're trading at a 78 uh, what does that tell us? Well, that tells us the funds that are on ARK Invest, these uh, 40, 50 holdings, how many holdings do they have? These 52 holdings that they have. So these are, the, these are the holdings they have. What that tells us is these PE ratios are astronomical, okay? Like crazy astronomical. These are not sustainable. I try to wave the red flag and say, listen, look here, this is not normal. This can't keep going. Well, you know, people, some people said, you know, I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. Some people hopefully listened and others maybe didn't even uh, care to even have an opinion. But here's my opinion. And that is, you know, this fund will continue to, to keep going down. I think it's just a matter of people are taking their money out of these high flying tech stocks and they're moving it to safer investments. And they might not necessarily be moving all of this money into bonds, which you know some people might be. But I think what people are doing is, oh my God, this got even worse. <laughs> but what I think, sorry guys, I posted, the funny part is I just posted a YouTube community page where I was showing uh, this uh, barometer and you know it was looking pretty good. And uh, now it's uh, negative. Uh, small cap growth, which again is another one that I, I try to warn you guys about, but look at this negative 5.17% small cap growth, mid cap growth negative 4.48%, a large cap growth negative 37 Anyways, the, the P 
piece that I'm trying to get to here is people are moving out of growth and they're moving over here into value. Uh, so yes, yeah, some people are going to bonds and some people are going into value. So there's always this weird shift or transition that you know I think new investors might not understand. The stock, the stock market is very cyclical. It works uh, sort of uh, sectors come and go, stocks come and go, and growth and value comes and goes. Uh, this past decade has been the decade of growth. So if you're a brand new investor that came in and all you know is growth, 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 that is not how the stock market works. Okay, You're not going to just be able to put your money into growth and continue to uh, make money. And this right here today is living proof. Look at growth, look at blend, look at value, right? So again, ideally, when you're entering the stock market and you have positions, for example, like I do, which here I'll show you, I have these three positions. I'll show you where these three positions sort of fall on this category. So the, the VTI, total US stock market, is a core large cap blend position. So it falls right here. The majority of your portfolio should be focused right here. And the reason I say that is this is where all the big heavy hitters are. These are the companies that drive the economy. So yes, in here you have the Teslas and the Apples and the Microsofts. You have all those, the Facebooks. I can just keep going down the list. But also in here you have the Berkshire Hathaways. You have AT&T. You have Bank of America. You have Johnson & Johnson. You have some value plays, okay? So a core position is blended between value and growth. It doesn't try to time which one's in favor. It just buys all of it. For a beginner investor, that's where you need to be. You don't need to be out here, and you probably don't even need to be out here. If you're going to pick between these two, I would say value would be the better pick long term. But if if you don't want to play the guessing game, this is where you need to be for the bulk of your portfolio. Same thing for the international side. You don't need to be down here. While this might perform better long term on an international small cap value will, um, this is the safer bet. This is the bet that you can sleep at night and not have to open your portfolio every single second just to see more red. Uh, and that, that's another point. Uh, don't keep checking your portfolios. It's not going to go back to green. Just put it away. Don't look at it. Do nothing. So your core holdings should always be up here, large cap blend. As far as what percentage you want to allocate, that's up to you. I allocated 80%. I'm in 80% large cap blend, 60 and 20 make up 80. But then again, I have this play here for small cap value on the US side, which is right here. This is something that I have studied learned and studied again. And I love being in small cap value for the fact that when there is a downturn and we start to recover out of a downturn, a lot of the money flows right here. So I mentioned it flows into value. And typically right now what we're seeing is all these large cap growth money, it's going to high yield bonds and it's going to large cap value. But also smart money, in my opinion, is going to be going into small cap value. And historically, small cap value is the best performing quadrant out of all nine of these quadrants over periods of 30 to 60 to 80 years. But you have to be invested for that long. You can't put money into small cap value and then next year get out of it. It won't work like that. If that's your plan, stay up here. This is only for those of you that are ready to hold for a lifetime. And if you're one of those investors that say, yes, I can do it, I want you to, again, ask yourself, have a gut check, open up your portfolio, look at the red, 
and tell me that you can close your portfolio without doing anything. I get a lot of people that comment that ask me what they should do. And, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. I can't advise you guys on on investments and, you know, what is right for you. I think even if you work with a professional financial advisor, they should really be more of an educator. It should be your decision because at the end of the day, the most important thing that you can do is something that you believe in and something that will keep you invested in these difficult times when you look at red and you can't handle it. So that's sort of my little rant on red days and stock market and how to how to really go about that. So if you're a beginner investor and maybe you got in into the hot stocks, which is another thing, you know what? I'm going to go on the, on a rant right now because I'm I'm getting tired of seeing these YouTube videos about hot stock this, penny stock this. If you're coming from that side because you've already been burned listening to YouTubers make videos about that, guys, let me let you in on a little industry secret. I'm a YouTuber, okay? I make money off my YouTube videos. Those people that push the hot stock videos, they make more money off their YouTube videos than they do in their investment accounts. I guarantee it. They make more money from that YouTube video that they push out than their investment accounts. If you wanted to follow them, ask them to show their portfolios. Ask them to be transparent and show you what they invest in. Because I plaster mine here on YouTube and I'm not going to come on here and tell you guys, do this, do this, do this, and then behind the scenes, do something completely different, and then just collect money from my YouTube ad revenue. No, no, no. I could have gone that route. I think I'm smart enough where I can analyze stocks, and I could probably have picked some winners, and I could have picked some losers, but that's all it is. You're just guessing. You're picking. You don't know. To me, investing in those types of stocks is like filling out the the numbers on a lottery card, right? So you 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 go to the local... Uh, store and you get a lottery card and you want to fill out those numbers well you have 60 some choices that you can pencil in and the probability is you're going to pick the wrong numbers and what do you think the probability is of you picking the right winning stocks in the stock market the odds are exactly the same except now you have a combination of over 3,600 numbers to pick from so actually I I lied the odds are worse you're probably better off playing the lottery than picking stocks in my opinion it's that difficult to do and, and the problem is you might get it right a few times. And the worst thing that can happen to you is if you get it right in the beginning, you're going to think you're smarter than everybody else and you know what you're doing. But it is not going to work long term. Trust me on this. I've been down this path. I've lost money doing that stuff. Um, and I'm just here to tell you how it is. I'm honest and open about everything. I have nothing to hide. If you guys want to see all of my accounts, I'll plaster all of my accounts. Whatever you need uh, to see, I have no problem sharing. But the thing is, some of these people that you're watching, and I'm I'm frankly just getting tired of seeing this stuff, uh, I think it's it's just ridiculous how much they're pushing garbage companies. and, And I'm seeing now paid stock reviews. I mean, it's all kinds of crazy stuff going on on YouTube. And Really, it's not necessary. You don't need to be involved in that hype. Hopefully, you learn something from the whole GameStop hype. All that stuff is short term. As quickly as it comes, it goes just as fast. So I want to read uh, here a comment of the day. This is probably going to be something I'm going to start integrating in our videos. I get a lot of comments from you guys. Uh, Thank you so much. I I do my best to really respond to every single comment I get. Uh, But this was a comment from my community post uh, from Anne. And uh, she said... I went against my better thinking and I put 75% into ARC funds at the start of 2021. 
Before then, I had hardly checked my retirement accounts. Now I look every day and keep trying to hold. I may have to take a loss, but feel ARC could recover with stimulus. I'd feel much better putting it into funds with little to no expense ratios. Late last year, I was thinking about value funds, but got greedy thinking I could accelerate my retirement accounts if ARC had just another two years of the same growth. Clearly, I was wrong. I wasn't prepared for such volatility. Appreciate your videos, have fidelity, and if I can sniff green again this year, we'll sell ARC and create a more diversified portfolio. And I think this comment is so powerful, Bayan. Um, a lot of investors do this. And I want to let you know, first of all, it, if you make a mistake and for you then to say, okay, I acknowledge that mistake, that to me is a learning experience. And sometimes there's a premium paid for that. It could be a premium paid and you losing some money in your account. I know she's going to take this as a good learning opportunity and maybe go back and create a well-diversified portfolio, something that's low cost, like she mentioned, index funds, maybe something like this or a version of uh, total stock markets or whatever she creates, I'm sure will probably serve her better in the long term than an actively managed ETF. She brought up a, a few good points there. One is she before she never used to check her portfolio, but now that she's in ARC funds, she's checking it every day. And something I brought up earlier in this video, if that's you, if you notice that you're logging in, guys, the only time I log into my portfolios is when I'm getting ready to do these reviews for YouTube. Otherwise, I could care less what happens day to day. And honestly, it just helps me sleep better and I don't have to worry. Like I know the market's red today, so there's no reason to open up my public fidelity portfolio and see it down $1,200. What, what good does that do me? It does no good. So I'd rather just not even check it. So she mentioned she didn't check it, but now that she's in ARC, she's checking it every day. Uh, that to me sounds like emotional investing and emotional investing and wealth building usually don't go hand in hand. So when you're building a good long-term wealth building strategy, you want to be a rational thinker. You want to take emotions out of it as much as possible. Of course, we're humans. Of course, we have emotions. And, and sometimes we can't even control our emotions. So the more you can be rational, the more you can be clear-minded when you're setting up a strategy, the more you understand your strategy, the better off you're going to be in the long run. You know, jumping into, say, 75% into ARK Invest maybe sounded like a good idea at the beginning of the year because... ARK Invest was at all-time highs, but if you guys watch my ARK Invest video, I told you that's exactly what the average investor does, is they jump into a fund after all the performance has already been generated, and then what typically happens is the fund starts to go down, and they jump out at precisely the wrong time at the bottom of the fund. Uh, it's this whole notion of, of buy high, sell low, and it's funny, uh, somebody showed me a, uh, and it was this TikTok, I think. I don't have TikTok. I'm not on social media, but uh, somebody sent me this link. I thought it was funny. So this guy is describing his investing journeys. He's saying, you know, I see a stock going up, so I buy it. And then as soon as I buy it, it goes down and I sell it. And then it starts to go back up and I buy it. And then it goes down and I buy more. And then it continues to go down, so I sell it all. And I think that was pretty funny. Uh that's what a normal investor does. And you guys that watch this channel, I don't want you guys to be playing that stock stuff, uh, playing hot stocks, playing hot funds, 
this stuff, leave that to those investors. You guys are the smart, educated investors. You guys are the academic investors. You guys are the rational investors. You're going to come in, you're going to start your portfolios, and you're going to be stone cold. You're not going to react to red days. You're not going to react to green days. You're going to set up monthly deposits. You're going to set up automatic buys, and you're just going to be a stone cold investor. That is going to be the best investor that you can be. And that's going to give you the best expected return long term. The more you tinker with your portfolio, the more you make changes, the more you try to outsmart yourself, the worse your return gets. Trust me on this. So that's it. Hopefully this rant didn't go on too long. I just really had to come out and get some stuff off my chest. Um, I just get I get really annoyed when I see stuff and I try to stay quiet. I know it's not my business, uh, but when when people are being miseducated on stuff, I can't sit back and, and stay quiet about it because this is real. You know, these these people are so young. They have such a huge time horizon. All they have to do is set up such a simple index fund strategy and just let it ride. And they can easily become millionaires uh, when they get ready to retire at age 60 or 65 whenever they retire. But instead, people prefer to get rich quick or build wealth overnight. And generally, anytime you see somebody build wealth overnight, whether it's uh, celebrities or athletes or lottery winners, they usually go broke within the next five to seven years anyways because they didn't know how to manage $1,000 before they got the million. So what makes you think they know how to manage a million dollars? They don't. So that's it, guys. Uh, if you enjoyed the video, if you enjoyed the ranting, give it a thumbs up. Uh, shout out to my podcast listeners. I decided every Friday I'm just going to post these in the podcast as well. Uh, they're long enough where I think they make decent podcast episodes. So if you're not able to watch the video, maybe you're driving or you're at work, throw in the podcast. And I'm not going to share too many visuals so that way, you know, the podcast listeners don't feel left out. And I will show I will just put these screenshots up for the YouTube uh, watchers. So thanks again. Have a great rest of your day, guys. And remember, move obstacles, keep investing.